Hello guys and welcome to this episode of the podcast. <clears throat> this episode is brought to you by the wonderful Lido Ladder. Um, they're a great sponsor of the show. They've come on board and showed us a lot of support. If you ever want to get a wonderful lunch or a beautiful coffee, some focaccias, a nice soup on these cold winter's days, um, from pies to sausage rolls to nice slices, Lido Ladder have you covered and we really want to say thank you to Lido Ladder for supporting a chat with Pat and the podcast itself. Um, on this episode of the podcast, I was very privileged, um, thankful, and just grateful to have two great members of our community, <coughs> especially within the Indigenous community. Um, I've got Jason Kanoa, uh, former CEO of Gundijamara based in Warrnambool, but now CEO of Windamara Aboriginal Corporation, and Troy Lovett, who I spent a lot of time with on my placement at Windamara, um, but is also works for uh, Invic um, Aboriginal Education. These two great men, very softly spoken and quietly spoken, but when they do speak, they share great insight and perspective of what it's like and the and the perspectives they've had being Indigenous men in our community. Um, these two great men are committed to change and improving Aboriginal community itself, but our greater community as well, which is really important, I think, in uniting the, not only just our nation, but our globe altogether in the current climate that we are in. Um, it is very important for ourselves who are non-Indigenous to support and unite with our Indigenous neighbours and friends in this somewhat of a fight in systematic racism and racism that's happened for thousands of years. Some walls that need to be broken and uncomfortable conversations need to be had, especially from the powers above. Um, I really want to thank these two men for really sharing their insight and perspectives. I want to bring out their own perspectives and not mine during this whole thing because it's far from about that and allow us to understand better not only Indigenous community and people but ourselves as well and control the implicit bias that we may have <coughs> in regards to anything and anyone that may have a different race, religion, sex, whatever. We're all human beings. We are all, all one race and that is the main message in amongst this current time. I think we've all got the power to change. I've got optimism knowing that our generation and the generations ahead can see a world rid of hate, rid of judgment, rid of prejudice, and that we can move forward in amongst all this. At the end of the day, please look after each other, take care of each other, love each other, and continue to make yourself a better person in whatever way, shape, or form. Um, I really, 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 from the bottom of my heart, thank Jason and Troy for jumping on the show. Um, there may or may not be some volume issues, but the message is there, especially their perspectives. They are great, wonderful men, and my respect is not... I couldn't even put in the words for them coming onto the show and in general. Um, I hope you all take something from this. Love you all, guys. And again, love and take care of each other. Cheers. Enjoy. viewers, listeners, Snake Edwards on the recorder here. This one's a belter. Uh, welcome to a chat with Pat. Um, today I've got two very special and important guests, not only in the Indigenous community, but the general Portland community. Um, Jason Kanoa, CEO at Windamara and previous CEO at Gundijamara and any other roles there I might have missed. 
Jace. <laughs> oh, there's numerous roles, but they'll do for now. <laughs> and then also Troy Lovett, who also did do plenty of work at Windermara. Quite achiever, as Jace said before he walked in. Um, but also work at VAI, uh, Victorian Aboriginal and Education Centre. Is that correct? Association. Association. There we go. Some acronyms. Too many of them. Mm. <laughs> um, you get used to that. <laughs> Aboriginal affairs. Yeah. But um, no, and I really thank and want to note that we are sitting and discussing um, on Indigenous land, Kundinjimara people, and they want to take note of the previous custodians of our land and forever will be. Um, but we gather here today talking at the end of Reconciliation Week, more precisely, and unfortunately in the backdrop we have a lot of I guess dilemmas regarding, I guess racism, unfortunately, over in over in the states. But I think when we focus more close to home, reconciliation week is just finalised, guys. So, um, in your words, is how is reconciliation week significant with Indigenous people, guys? Start with Troy. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's um really about coming together. Yeah. Um, I think um, especially reconciliation week. There's lots of significant dates throughout the year. Yeah. As people would know, this one for me is about um, having equal responsibilities with yeah. Aboriginal non non Aboriginal. Um, so yeah, like I said, coming together and um, working together. Um, obviously, starting with um, Sorry Day, yeah, um, which is an important day on the calendar as well. And um, today is actually Marbo Day, so that falls yeah. in the middle of Reconciliation Week, um, which was pretty important as well. Um, with Eddie Marbo up in Queensland, um, who got the High Court to recognise um, Terra Nullius um, yeah. wasn't, um, how do you say it, was, um, that's what they said in Australia was Terra Nullius, the land was unoccupied and mm. um, he got that overturned up there as a significant land rights case, so that's yeah. important. Which was unheard today. of at the time, is that so to say? Yeah, yeah. yeah. back in, was it the 80s? They done that or seventies even? I, was, I think it was the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then what about yourself, Jace? I mean, I know Troy <coughs> gave the um, historical backdrop of the date itself, but how important to you is Reconciliation Week as the CEO of a great organisation like mm-hmm. Windermara? I suppose my take on um, reconciliation is probably a li- a little bit more different to what is. The perception out there of what reconciliation yeah. is um, and certainly or reconciliation week I should say um, certainly for me it's more about non-aboriginal people yeah. taking the role of reconciliation yeah. and leading that role I think that's the important thing because everything Aboriginal has always been put back on an Aboriginal people to lead which is which is fine yeah. but when it comes to reconciliation and, and to change the trajectory of of Australian society, it, it's certainly something that we need our our fellow Australians to start to step yeah. up and and play a part in that. And certainly, there is that that movement happening mm. at, over the last well, five or ten years. Yeah. Um, but that's where we'll see the real reconciliation occur. Mm. Um, and it's it's about understanding us as Aboriginal people and yeah. understanding our values and principles in the way we look at society in the way we have prior to colonisation. Mm. So there's, it's it's part of Australian history and I think that's certainly something that we need to get every Australian mm. to buy into that yeah. Australia didn't start 200-odd years ago. It actually yeah. began 40,000, 50,000, yeah. 60,000 years ago. It was the oldest civilization and people Absolutely. in the world, I think, has been recognised. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
for me, that's that's where I see reconciliation moving forward. Mm. And certainly, it's got to be like Troy said. It is a joint thing, but I'd love to see more leadership from our non-Aboriginal yeah. um, citizens of Australia um, take take a leadership role in helping us advance yeah. our. Now, what ways can we do that? I mean, I mean, I talked to JB about it and he's just said one of the biggest things was education and having things like I hope, like we're doing right now, proper discussions. But is there any, would you, you gents say that that's probably a big pivotal way that we as, well, as you know, non-Aboriginal Australians can do? Uh, most definitely. Um, the, the things that, yeah, you mentioned using platforms like this, yeah. I think is a, is a big help because it has a broader audience yeah. um that when, when we're aboriginal service providers we, we only really have our yeah. our community that we really focus Both in on yeah um so it's a, it's a broader um yeah. issue that we need to address as a society even within other services as well absolutely out, yeah absolutely so we play our role with this within the service system um but the broader public um matters is is something that that's where my point is around everyone from any household can play a role in reconciling our communities um across the board so that's probably it's really about um respect um and leadership and understanding understanding is big yeah yeah and all those things that you mentioned education they all play a part yeah but it's not just shouldn't just sit with Aboriginal people to exactly. to do that. So, and obviously yourself, Pat, by doing this session with us is yeah. certainly yeah. a part of nah. what we need to do. Nah, I appreciate you guys giving up your time. Mm. Yeah, and I think even now, with as you sh- I'm sure you guys are aware of the conflicts that's happening overseas, it's probably just as important now. But the thing is that even after all this is continuing it on, like you know, someone, yeah, it just with you know like social media and stuff like that it's just like well how accountable are you to yourself to continue it to learn and grow and you know educate yourself about the things that have happened here before and in the future with indigenous people yeah how do you see with everything going on how does it sit with you as an indigenous man i can only imagine like because it really hit home for me i went and this was the weirdest thing um i went for a run yesterday and i sat there and um, I think I was telling Mick, well, um, because Kim obviously goes out, is, well, no pressure will, but I was picturing that if they have kids, how would I feel if I had my niece or nephew going through some of the stuff that is happening to Indigenous people at the moment? And I kind of didn't like myself for a bit because how did I only realise this five or six years into their relationship? And I was just like, yeah, that was just kind of the time that it was like, oh, okay, well, I always thought I was quite educated enough, but... I'm still not. Does that make sense? Like, it's still, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost naive. Yeah. It's it's called unconscious bias. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and certainly um, being taught in the education system here in Australia is a Western yeah. construct. And so everything you're taught is, is the Westernized models. Yeah. And, and what we need to do moving forward is to implement and, and in, introduce the Aboriginal context to, to that education system yeah. to, to develop that because there is bias and there is racism yeah. um, point blank but 
for me, majority of Australian society is just biased. It's yeah. just don't understand yeah. Aboriginal people. Getting fed the wrong information. Absolutely. Yeah. There's that stereotyping that, yeah. that goes on all the time that's yeah. flatly not true. Yeah. yeah. And I can only think that, Troy, in your line of work, work on the education system that you would work with, I don't know, I'm just stero- like generalising here, with government to improve that? Yeah, yeah. A lot of our initiatives with VI is um, embedding that Aboriginal perspective on yeah. all things through the schooling from the early years up to higher ed yeah um yeah that's um like we've already mentioned before the education is probably the big thing that um opens people's minds and um yeah. that's gonna have the biggest impact i reckon that's where it all starts yeah see um we're sort of grown up with it especially living where we live yeah that's around us a lot the culture and everything a lot of family but um a lot of other people have to work hard to get to that level of knowledge that we we're sort of privileged yeah, to have. Yeah. So, um, can I imagine it's even harder for non-indigenous who um, might get a little touch in school here and there yeah. of it, but besides that, don't really know where to go, where to get it from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of as well, yeah, a lot, lot of misguidance as well. It's just like, okay, what's next? You know, I only get fed this little bit of information, but is there? There's surely more. Like as as Australia's been learning, I th- I think besides all, the, I think personally I could be naive again that we've somewhat got somewhere in the last ten to fifteen years, especially. I think. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's been some improvement. Some improvement. Yeah, yeah. And what about what are the, some of the dilemmas that I know? I know you might be restricted in saying this, Jace, but you face as a provider somewhat with working in Indigenous um, service provider. Uh, I suppose the 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 main mm-hmm. challenge we have as a as a service provider is the s- systems we work within, yeah. and and certainly the challenges that they bring to the forefront with how we do service delivery compared to what the yeah. the system is constructed to do, yeah. um, and we're we're constantly and have been um, not myself but prior to us, our, our aunties, uncles and grandparents have been fighting for that um, place to recognise the Aboriginal way of providing services yeah. to our community. Um, we have, over probably the last five or ten years, made inroads in that in that space, um, particularly with this current state government's um, policy direction around self-determination, Aboriginal self-determination, and certainly aligning a lot of Aboriginal resources and funding in in light of Aboriginal self-determination and having the way we do service delivery at the forefront and it's not the construct of what the system says it should be and certainly that has been a challenge and still an ongoing Mm. challenge. Um, It's it's it's, quite rigid in the system itself. We can change the system. Um, but it's the people that work within the system yeah. is, is the bigger yeah. challenge, I think, moving in the next And that's that would be hard for some people to probably try to process is that yeah. it's, you know, you can you can change the system, but the hardest thing is the people that's working within there and changing their values so it doesn't happen again and again through generation through generation, I guess. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that, I know, I guess, Indigenous culture face at the moment i mean i know from your perspective i know there's a lot of things that gets brought up like um you know incarceration and 
mental health and stuff like that. Is that much of the same that you say with that, Jason? Is understanding facilities that work with that a bit more to help, I guess, lower those levels? And Troy? Yeah. Absolutely. That, yeah. That's, there's, it's been well documented over umpteen years about why we are in the current state we are. Yeah. And, and it goes back generations and, and certainly that systemic mm. issues that we've had over a period of time have directly impacted on Aboriginal people and we are disproportionately, disproportionately um, um, have the highest numbers within each key um, social yeah. factor in, in I saw the, the, the state biggest and one the, was and the, the nation. 10 to 17 year olds. I, and I mm. thought I was well educated. 10 to 17 year olds in juvenile detention. Yeah. And he's just like a massive, massive like discrepancy. Yeah. I think it's like 15 times yeah. for the general po- yeah. Aboriginal population, 15 times more likely to be incarcerated than <sighs> Indigenous. It's pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah. And that again is a system thing where these Absolutely. kids probably don't even how can you get the opportunity like you probably you shouldn't have you know you shouldn't have the opportunity to do that at such a young age if that makes sense you should like that's obviously they're setting they've already been starting five steps back in my eyes as mm-hmm. a you know professional you know that it shouldn't just happen you know there's something that's good and that's wrong yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it's very systematically given so mm-hmm. again within services understanding indigenous culture as well yeah yeah how was it like i guess growing up from your perspective in i guess the southwest region i like to think that we have a good understanding of indigenous culture how was it growing up and some of your memories growing up in haywood in the southwest as gundinjamara men they were young boys at the time <laughs> yeah well, i was um i was actually born in ballarat and yeah was, lived there yeah. for a couple of years and then through primary school moved to haywood Always used to come to Hayward for holidays, though, and um, yeah. always knew that I had a connection there with cous- lots of cousins, uncles and aunties. Yeah. Um, so when we moved there, it was, it was like coming home, even though I've, I spent that time in Ballarat. Yeah. I felt like Hayward's where we needed to be. Yeah. Um, school was pretty good for me. Um, always have a cousin in each grade I was in and sort of <laughs> older cousins through the yeah. ranks as well. Yeah. Um, no, that was sort of... I never really got bullied or anything because yeah. just having that older cousins around all the time. That's great, yeah. Um, so, yeah, growing up was pretty good. And then, obviously, like the school holidays, cousins were, like we like to say, cousins are your first friends, like outside Yeah. Um, your immediate family. You got all these cousins all throughout the town. And, yeah, school holidays and all that was always fun. And, yeah, um, yeah it's pretty good growing up in Haywood yeah. for me. Yeah, and Jay's was it much the same? I could imagine. Um, yeah, obviously, pr- pretty much the same. Um, probably coming from a almost a generation in front of Troy growing <laughs> up. Um, we did have um, some confrontations growing yeah. up in, at school and and in the, on the sporting field and things like that. Um, nothing that we couldn't handle at the time, and yeah. certainly. Um, but in saying that, it, I look at my parents and and Troy's um, and and things like that, and some of the things they would have had to. Endure yeah. during growing up when it was a bit more prevalent, and certainly the work that they done prior to us was um, probably paved the way for us to yeah. to move through um, the community in, in a a much easier way oh, yeah. than what they did, and certainly um, that's that was my experience. But obviously that that connection stuff that Troy spoke about um, really instills a, pl- a strength. 
in you and, yeah. and an identity. And certainly that's something I left um, the area when I was 15 to I moved to Melbourne for 21 years. And certainly um, that upbringing in that close-knit community um, and, and kinship that we had um, certainly paved the way yeah. to where I am today and, and certainly um, all those camps and with the uncles would just come around, drive the bus, pick us up, take us <laughs> out, out to the lake or something and just yeah. spend a week out there and just do that. And unfortunately, to, in today we've kind of lost that and certainly yeah. you see a change in, in, in <clears throat> some of our kids. Um, yeah. In terms of being connected in all generations, yeah. I think yeah. I think in all right, yeah. like yeah. cultures and everything, technology, technology, yeah. 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 Even look at like something like junior footy; it's all it's dropped off yeah. so much. And look at the old um, stuff just at the Hayward Rooms. They used to have two under sixteen teams. Yeah, and, and this like, year they didn't have one. They weren't planning to have one before yeah. the season was mm. pulled. But yeah, yeah it's, it's all over. I reckon. Yeah, it's, it's completely. And yeah, that's where I probably stem off and have a good because of my culture as well is that it's a lot of similarities and I love is that family is such a strong strong thing and especially my culture and like what you mentioned before from your experiences that family always drew you back to where you, to where you were and I, I think myself and Kim speaking for her was the same thing as well mm. but you're totally right is that's what that connection mm. is very much missing and that's even hard for me, for me to listen to because it's so important for indigenous culture as well Absolutely. like yeah mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I was probably similar to Jace. After school, I went a bit abroad and to Melbourne and Shepparton and a couple of other places up in Northern Territory, but knew I'd always end up back in yeah. Hayward and probably came back earlier than I thought, mm. like in my early 20s, but um, just felt right in there and been there ever since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what made you guys probably want to, I mean, you could have gone in so many other careers, but what made you kind of want to, I mean, you mentioned it before, Jace. Um, kind of paving the way. Mm. What else made you kind of want to, or might have been that reason, get back into working for Indigenous people as well? I, I suppose it's just within yeah. our DNA, yeah. really. Um, certainly <clears throat> for myself, it was more about mm. continuing on that legacy, uh, uh, yeah. continuing on yeah. that legacy yeah. um, that our elders and, and parents um, set for us and certainly... We haven't got to where we need to get to and certainly that was part of my drive to, to maintain and be continue to be in Aboriginal affairs. I did venture off into um, mainstream for a, a short yeah. while, but it wasn't the same. The The passion wasn't there yeah. and certainly um, noting what the adversities our communities still face, I feel I have to play a role yeah. in that and certainly that's what drives me every day. Um, to ensure a better future for our young people because that's ultimately um, what we're here to do and, yeah. and certainly that's what our elders did. So yeah. it's just a continuation. It's just Aboriginal culture yeah. in a sense that that's the way we share our knowledge and, and continue. Yeah. It's just in a different form. To yeah, the, you've to been the, advocating for generations and generations. Absolutely. Yeah. And what about yourself, Troy? Yeah, pretty similar. Um, I like to say that I'm given back now um, yeah. probably I'd say that I was a product of my environment um, and where I grew up with the support like from um, Hayward and yeah. Windamara particularly and the community around that um, that made me who I am so now 
um, I can give back. And um, yeah, it's the the influence of the families that were there and seeing the work they did and mm. um, made my childhood pretty exciting and fun and yeah. um, good place to grow up. So now yeah. I want that for the next generation and that's why yeah. I think I do it. Yeah, yeah. I can t- totally imagine. That's amazing, guys. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What do you... Th- what do you- I know you could probably be... It'd be I don't know, somewhat hard, but what do you honestly think about all the, I guess, atrocities, atrocities and they are the better word to describe it, to be honest, about what's going on in the US at the moment? Is there... I know we hear about the cases of um, David Dungai and stuff like that. Can you somewhat feel the pain of the African-American people that's happening in America as well? And do you feel that we still got a long way to go and that somewhat creates that passion a bit more to change that gap? And for me, it's that justice system as well that's got to be held accountable. Do you somewhat share those feelings as well? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, Hasn't directly or it has actually directly affected me a systemic issue yeah. that's um led to the death of, of a family member and, and yeah. of family members there's been a few um so that's certainly relate to what's going on over in the u.s at the moment and yeah. have actually been watching quite a bit of it on on the news yeah. lines on and just hearing the struggle and and where they're at is very similar to what we face mm. over here in Australia. Probably not a, at the breadth of what it is over there, but there's certainly aspects of that. And, and it is that yeah. systemic change that needs to occur and, and acknowledged by governments, both federal and yeah. states, um, to really make significant change, to change the trajectory, because we will eventually, mm. at some stage, head down that path. And we already are. We, I yeah. mean, we, our, our death rates in incarceration is is um, up there yeah. with the world's highest. So yeah. it's certainly an issue. Um, probably doesn't get as much media attention. Yeah. Um, and certainly, which certainly plays a big role, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 But I, I, there, the, there is that that march going on. I believe in Melbourne over the weekend. So some thirty five thousand people are interested. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, the fallout of that day because I know there is a lot of passionate um, community members around this issue and certainly um, I hope it's um, peaceful and, and they get their message across yeah. in, in support and solidarity with with our brothers and sisters in the USA yeah. um, but certainly um, that's that's always been an issue for us and yeah. continues to be until we make some real change yeah and what about you Troy is it much much the same as well for you is what yeah. Jason feels, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, for me, it's the tragedy of how most of it's so avoidable and yeah. it's always a mistake or um, that stereotyping of um, racial profiling and, um, yeah, yeah that's all of the, most of them can be avoided so easily. Yeah. Um, and that's from the colour of someone's skin, so that's... That's why it's so similar to here. Something they cannot control. I yeah. Mean, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't choose like, that I'm yellow. Like, you mean, I'm, that I'm Filipino. Like, I'm just, yeah, it's just stupid. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason that some of these things happen. And like you yeah. said, out of out of your control. Yeah. You can't um, hide the, the colour of your skin. If yeah. that's the reason that something like this tragedy happens, then... Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I sort of feel the, um, 
the unnecessary yeah. times that it happens sort of hits your heartstrings a bit more. Yeah. I think yeah. what if all the time. Yeah, and I couldn't even, like, it, it hit me. Not, like, you know, fully hard. It's just, like, what that incident I said when I was just going for a run thinking about it, clearing the head. Mm. I think I couldn't even begin to imagine what it'd be like for the Indigenous community as well. Mm. Like, like I said, like... Oh, would I? I said, Pat, would you want your niece or nephew, if that happens, to go through this kind of stuff because mm. they look different? Mm. I said, you know, like, mm. yeah. Well, when I spoke about our family having yeah. direct things, that's still unanswered, and that's some like yeah. forty odd, fifty odd years ago with one of our uncles, yeah. who was <clears throat> passed away in prison. Yeah. Um, so, and you see the impacts that's had on the direct family of our uncle yeah. um, and certainly where they're at and that transgenerational trauma that still yeah. impacts and what that still hurts me and, yeah. and I can only imagine what it, how it hurts my yeah. aunties yeah. And, and, and uncles and certainly their, their grandkids, his grandkids and, and great grandkids and yeah. um, that's certainly... Oh, and and his siblings that are yeah. still with us. So um, yeah. to have that unanswered and mm. and certainly not recognised as mm. such yeah. um, is 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 painful. And, and that's the thing, like recognition, like recognition that these people, like for George Floyd, for example, that you know this, like why haven't the three other cops been charged or other stuff like that? You know, where, where's that recognition? Mm. Where's it? And and that's why leadership's so important. Yeah. And and the way it's been responded to over mm. there, you got certain pockets that are really supportive of of the protest and, and yeah. wanting to make significant change, but then you have the decision makers that are yeah pulling the blinds over yeah all, and and certainly turn deflect, a blind eye deflecting it to to the yeah to the, the troublemakers now and that's a behaviour that happens you know within society as well that deflecting and that yeah. you know like if someone makes a derogatory comment and you just deflect and be a sheep for lack of better terms yeah. that's the attitude of the systems that are put in place ahead of us you know yeah, yeah. and that's how it all starts yeah. and if we don't correct that then you know you're not doing anything yeah yeah mm. yeah what and then in regards to i mean on the topic of you know australia day how significant is that to be changed for indigenous people like from your own words and you know from the history and the trauma that sat there how significant is that for you as two Indigenous men and for Indigenous community? Because I think we still misunderstand that. I, I completely think that. Yeah, I think similar. I think it's um, misunderstood. Yeah. Um, for me, it's um, personally the date. Um, for me, it's a day of mourning. And yeah. um, I sort of take that time to do do a bit of my own thing, a bit of thinking. And, yeah. um, and it's sort of what gets me is the... The broader reason that people use that day is mm. the um, the typical beers and barbecue and yeah. um, celebration when when it's a sad occasion for me and um, yeah. I like to put that point across is that's why I personally can't celebrate yeah. and that's why the day like that date will never be inclusive of all Australians and like you said that's sort of not gotten by most people and that misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, I think the confusion around the date as well, um, how it's changed a few times over yeah, the history. Yeah, yeah, that, that gets kind of forgotten to mention a bit. Yeah. yeah. The actual um, 1788 date 
is celebrating like the colony landing, yeah. which is um, celebrating the monarch. Yeah. Um, land in New South Wales, so it's not Just Australia as a whole anyway. Yeah, where you where you know the, the invasion day. You yeah. know where it gets. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's sort of how I look at it, and um, till anything changes, that's what I'll continue to do personally yeah. with me and my family. But hopefully, more minds start to turn that way as well. Yeah. And like we we're saying before, I like to think that. Yeah, I'm a pretty optimistic, bloke. That we are making groundways and like I talk to people like JB who's been a great friend who kind of me when I do get somewhat mad or frustrated about the things that happen that even him can take me on the straight and narrow it's like you know you got to keep doing what you're doing because you know if you stop now what's the point you know you, you got to remain somewhat optimistic in the work that you're doing as well mm. yeah yeah I suppose for me straight A like Troy um today that's how i feel and yeah certainly but growing up because i'm from a mixed um race family and certainly had my mum who's non-aboriginal um a big influence was in my early years was was my non-aboriginal family and yeah. certainly i was part of the australian culture and that could um, have had its difficulties um, as well for it you did. yeah it was, it was quite confronting at times and certainly i remember vividly in 1988 when the prince and princess of wales come to town <laughs> um, they had that big show down here on the foreshore and yeah i was actually part of it yeah. and, and and certainly um being part of that was yeah didn't really understand i was only i think i was about eight years old at the time and mm. certainly um but that was that time and then over the years and knowing what's being put in front of our yeah Abri my Aboriginal side and and challenges that have been they've been confronted with over many years, um, that really changed my view and and certainly um, <clears throat> made it a bit more difficult to even acknowledge Australia mm. Day now yeah. today. Even though my other half of my my makeup is is not Aboriginal yeah. and certainly um, that's. I still love and respect my non-Aboriginal side and, and yeah. they're very supportive of us um, being um, embracing our Aboriginal heritage yeah. and, and certainly, <clears throat> but just knowing that I was part of that yeah. growing in that my early stages, but then yeah. knowing what I know now, it, yeah, it's a quite confronting. Yeah, I can only um, so get pulled in two ways kind of thing. Yeah, like. yeah. Um, but... For me, I've come on the brightest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and certainly <clears throat> trying to, to, to support um, our cause today. At the date, I mean, the date was established some 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's not, it's not too significant. And again, it's leadership. Leaders of the nation yeah. need to take a stand and make a decision. They'll get followed. It's, yeah. it's a political thing at the moment, and, <clears throat> and that's what it's, where it's got to stop. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's not political it's it's hurting your fellow australians exactly it's taking um, lives yeah yeah so you, you need to to it's that respect thing yeah. and, and acknowledgement and that reconciliation piece yeah that this is what needs to happen to, yeah. to make it a meaningful reconciliation yeah. with your aboriginal um citizens of, of this country and and certainly that's that's what the leaders of this country need to they do, do. Yeah. yeah um that's who can change it. Um, we we can go and vote, but 
yeah. at the end of the day. They're the ones that got to do the work. That's right. Yeah. And, but at the end of the day, you know, I guess it's di- like in America, I think you don't have to vote. Yeah. Like, you know, I can think they've been pushing that, you know, go and vote and have your say in that peaceful way and peacefully protest while here, just make your vote count. Yeah. Like for the, the leaders that you put into place. Mm-hmm. Speaking of leaders, who are probably some of the people that have influenced yourselves and shaped the people that you are quite heavily? I mean, you mentioned your family. Was there anyone else growing up that you just really looked up to? Um, it's probably still family. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Jace mentioned the uncles picking us up in the bus. It's always Uncle Daryl Rose, mm. the one who always coming around in the bus. Great um, man. Pick us up and take us out. Um, Uncle Swisher Bell would always take yeah. us out on trips, and it'd just be it'd be something fun. And the side sort of benefit was education, or yeah. um, you got to learn from it. Yeah. So it'd just be oh, we're going to the beach with and stories and stuff like that yeah. on the way to the beach. Pull over here, and I'll look at this, and <laughs> this is what this is, and what it means. Mm. Um, or going out to the lake or near the mission, and um, we're there just to have fun. But it's that side benefit that you get all that um education out of um and they probably that's probably the way that they wanted to get it across to us as well they don't want to sit us down and talk to us yeah. like a classroom it's out there experiencing it um so yeah those two uncle mukai bell probably the other one as well yeah. um remember him always taking us down to melbourne for the footy do a day trip down and back in the bus and um the stories and singing and stuff on the way down there and back little kids always remember that stuff yeah yeah um, what about you Jase? <clears throat> probably my biggest influence and, and mentor would have been um dr alf bamblett yeah um who i worked for for about six years i believe and um he really guided me through aboriginal affairs and the yeah. intricacies and, and how to deal with with community as well as government so walking that two worlds Jeez, that could have been a head spin <laughs> was at the time and sometimes i'd sit in a meeting with him and go what is he talking about yeah um but he had government running left right and center and like get it done um yeah. but he's his ability to do that community aspect of our work as well as that government aspect yeah. was just second to none and and he actually ended up having a state funeral, so that's how much yeah. respected he was in our community, but also in, in the in the government sectors. So yeah. there's certainly he played a significant part of my my probably early thirties up till probably thirty seven or something. Yeah, um, and then just put me into a place where I thought oh, I can do. And obviously that the uncles are significant in, in the role mm. they played growing up, and, and just doing that subtle teaching yeah, that they did. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, yeah. There was some uncles that would just say, yeah, you got to do this or that. <laughs> As but we all have them. M- most of them were, were just very supportive and, yeah. and just did that subtle education yeah. to us that yeah. we were ha- having fun, like Troy said, but what they were doing was teaching us yeah. in, in a way that um, you can't get in a classroom and yeah. things like that. And that's, that, that set me in to direct on my trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, professional understanding of of working in in, in aboriginal affairs yeah i'd give a lot to to uncle elf um for that yeah i think the that big thing is that sense of community is such a big thing that's missing in modern life at the moment i think and personally i don't know how you guys feel but just how we become so consumer driven 
we just get so focused on myself instead of the collective, which is obviously a big thing in Indigenous culture, which people forget, you know, the community and your family and the people around you, you do it for them. But I think we're just getting... And a part of the issue is that we get somewhat... And again, I'm an optimistic guy. I'd like to think we can work in our community. We get sometimes sidetracked in mm. that thing. Mm. It's just me. It's just I. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's part of yeah. our Aboriginal yeah. practice um, prior to colonisation. Um, probably up up until, yeah, not not up until recently, yeah. um, probably the last 20-odd years or so. Um, but a lot of our big key social justice movements were led by community voice yeah. as one um today that's a, it's a bit dispersed mm. and a lot of community ha- have the view that it's, it's the money that's changing yeah people. and and that's certainly in some aspects it's probably true but i know the p- tables i sit around at statewide level and and national level that that's not always the case there is good in things yeah it's the system yeah that's that's i can't stress that enough Enough. that since i've been in aboriginal affairs knowing how what how we're up against it and trying to do what we need to do for our communities and what our communities want us to do is it's always that bureaucracy red tape that that stops a lot of um outcomes and movement in our communities yeah Mm. and even i think going on from the just in our own backyard in, you know, Portland and surrounding areas and the Gundinjamara land, I think we kind of take for granted the significance of the land and like um, Bujimim, which is World Heritage List- mm. listed, which how important that was and just little things like that. You know, it's just, and Lake Conda, Troy, I know you've ended on the mission and how under, probably the best words, forgotten about, underappreciated the things that have happened on those lands before us is just something as well that we need to keep in mind. Yeah. yeah and to have so much of it um pretty untouched as well undisturbed yeah. i'm pretty privileged to have that as well yeah yeah and like just how important it is to probably i don't know, go out and reach and have a tour with Bujbeam and stuff like that and learn and what's happened and find out for yourself about how significant those things are but i'm sure the Bujbeam um recognition was such a great step in the right direction i think with the world heritage listing listing is that fair to say yeah, I think um, having that recognition on the world stage, just yeah. just to have that title, is, um, yeah. see people glow when they talk about it. Yeah. Um, only having, I think it's only 19 other um, World Heritage Sites in Australia. I think we were the 20th, so um, it's just that follow-on from um, Native Title that we got mm. in the 2000s. So, um, yeah, for me it's that recognition. Yeah. Um, yeah, on that big stage. Again, the, our area the, yeah. and the Gundinjmara people have led um, to some pretty impressive yeah. change. And um, you look at the Alcoa stuff with Aunty Sandra and mm-hmm. Aunty Tina at the time and taking that to the High Court of Australia and, yeah. and winning that battle, which got us some some land in, in um, at Lake Conda and, and things like that. That they're all stepping stones. This this World Heritage took some forty years to get to where we got to yeah. last year, and the recognition that is deserved to all those elders that put the stepping stones in place, and and our our traditional owner corporation to get us to where we got to in the in the end, um, is yeah, it's just pay, you got to pay homage to to 
mm. to our community here for being so staunch and, yeah. and just proud of, of their country. And that's certainly <clears throat> something that I'm, I'm extremely proud of. I was walking around with my... We had a little um, get-together at the co-op on the, on the day of the announcement. And, yeah, the pride in the room that day and the few tears flowing and just yeah. just to see that recognition occur that the sad thing and probably my tears at the time was probably we got we're gonna go outside our country to get that yeah that ultimate recognition yeah. i mean it's it's a great achievement don't get me wrong but that like a sour like not yeah. sour table conflicting some might still yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I i know that the commonwealth did recognize our, our um what is it called the um or us as the tradition. Yeah. Um, I forget what it was called, the determination. Native yeah, title of determination. Yeah. Um, but that that was certainly, um, that's a small part. Yeah. And now that we have world recognition, mm. the, the interest has been significant and not from just the, from, from governments, but also from the general public. So yeah. that's a great stepping stone for that educational piece. Yeah. Um, um, for future yeah. i think that interest opens so many doors as well exactly yeah like tourism and stuff yeah. like that yeah sort of makes the spot on the map a bit bigger a yeah. bit more of a target for people yeah. so have you noticed that have you guys noticed that a bit more that more people are coming to want to talk and like from a tourism perspective see indigenous land and then absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 that the notoriety that comes with that yeah tag of world heritage site um yeah you get people and that's probably plays more recognition like of seeing people come and want to learn and find out what's actually happened here and everything all the history there that's probably the the bigger recognition yeah. you know the bigger achievement in itself yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah. and i th- to just to add to Troy's earlier comment around that being the 20th site to be mm-hmm. recognized um for its cultural heritage values it's the actual first for victoria and yeah. um the, i think the other building is uh, the the building in Melbourne, the, yeah. in the Fitzroy Gardens there? Yeah, the Royal Royal, but yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that <laughs> something Royal, a couple of hundred years but, old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but that 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 too in itself is yeah, it's a um, massive thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and as we wrap things up, probably, what do you guys, I guess, hope for generations to come? How do you see? I guess indigenous I guess acceptance reconciliation going in the years ahead of us um, as we said like I'm a pretty optimistic guy I know you guys work tremendously hard on this what's your final vision and end goal I guess somewhat in all this um, I suppose that education continuing yeah. and raising that awareness um, around everything from the culture to the um, the trauma that's flow on effects and then um the, the gap that that's there with everything as well yeah um more awareness to help work towards that closing the gap and um yeah i sort of hope sort of say um continue that upwards trend that that we've sort of been noticing recently and mm. um follow on from that momentum um yeah sort of broadly yeah yeah and jace is much the same with you or just yeah absolutely yeah. <clears throat> probably just that our we can live in this society oh, yeah. with equality um, and that we aren't pigeonholed or, 
or pushed aside yeah. um, for the bigger um, goal. Yeah. And, and, and certainly we need to be the drivers and the determiners of our future yeah. um, and not have influence of government really it. restricting what we can do. And yeah. that's that's where I see our, our yeah. future is, is actually us being self-determining yeah. and, and making choices on our own. And certainly um, all those things Troy said are part of that and and that lead up that we are on um but that's ultimately where i want to see it i don't know if i'll see it in my work life but um i hope to um but they're they're the things that we need to get to is that any aboriginal person can walk into any door get a job or or finish an education without yeah out any systematic pressure Yeah, yeah and and certainly not be challenged by whatever's in front of them and Mm. and that's certainly something that i want to see yeah gent i really appreciate you guys coming on today and tonight i know it's you know pretty late and you have to drive out to haywood but i appreciate (laughs) (laughs) but i really do appreciate it and um definitely i hope this opens some eyes for, for people or even tries to i guess open up their perspective and you know it just has to start with a discussion or with a yarn and having a beer and you know i think you just got to a be true to yourself and then go from there and the best resources itself i've always felt is like in situations like these people and in this situation indigenous people so guys keep up the great work troy and jace and obviously the great work you guys are doing it's really great to see and i appreciate it i'd just like to say to you too pat to keep up the great work mate and <laughs> really appreciate it you giving us the opportunity through your platform to to share our stories and and certainly like we opened with this um little conversation was around this is what we need to do to make yeah. real change and keep up the good work mate and um Anytime you want us around, yeah. um, Troy, Troy will be available. And we'll supply the the yeah. beers. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. But no, thanks as well. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it, Troy. Enjoy. Thank you. How about that for an episode, guys? I hope you all really enjoyed that one. Quick shout out to my man Michael Peters, the man behind the camera, and also big big love to Three Hour PC for allowing us to utilize the studio space. Without you guys, none of this would be possible. So big thank you. Please make sure you all follow at a chat with Pat on Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast via Spotify and iTunes and please don't be afraid to leave a review. We are open to all feedback to make this as good as possible for all our listeners. Stay safe and all my love, guys. You.